Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Curious Neuron Podcast. My name is Cindy Huffington, and I am your host. Today, I'd like to talk to new parents. I guess it's a message to new parents um, because I think there are a few things that I wish I would have known as a new parent, and I wanted to address that in today's solo episode. So it's just me. <laughs> if you're hoping to get a guest, not today. Um, I just want to chat with you um, for a few minutes, keep it short um, so that you can apply this. And also, hopefully, this episode will give you a bit of peace of mind if you're a new parent or expecting parent um, because I think there are a lot of misconceptions and things that we need to work on as a society to help new parents. Before I begin, I would like to thank the Tannenbaum Open Science Institute at the Neuro here in Montreal for supporting the Curious Neuron podcast. And if you haven't done so yet, please take a moment to rate the podcast on iTunes or Spotify or anywhere you listen to the podcast and to leave a review. Um, This really helps the algorithm know that you're enjoying the podcast and it helps them promote it and helps us get more listeners. And I love reaching more people so that they can get the science of parenting just like you are. And if you're not doing so as well, you can follow Curious Neuron on Instagram at Curious underscore Neuron. I had posted something uh, on Instagram a couple of weeks ago, I believe now, where it was sort of the evolution of how I cooked in my family, um, you know, pre-kids, with one child, with two kids, and now with three kids. <laughs> and it, I, it resonated with a lot of people and I, I wanted to discuss it. And that was the whole Um, reason why I wanted to have this discussion with you guys. So basically, I spoke about how I cooked a lot, you know, before having kids. It was really, you know, elaborate meals that took time because I I had the time. (laughs) And then I had my firstborn child. Um, She's going to be seven now. And I remember when she turned six months and started eating solids. And all of a sudden, you know, the food that we had in her home didn't feel good enough. Um, I had to change, you know, the foods to organic foods, make sure that we didn't have all the wrong foods, the crackers or whatever it was. And I remember just thinking I need to give my child the best possible food. That didn't last very long. <laughs> There's a cost to having everything organic and it just didn't, I couldn't keep up with that. So I went back to regular foods and and tried to have less processed foods, My second child came in 22 months after my first. And at that point, I was still cooking a lot. I wanted to make sure that I I had like, you know, relatively good foods in the home. And and simplicity wasn't on top of my mind yet. It was just about like providing. And I wish that I would have the mindset that I do today of just get some food on the table. And obviously you can mix chicken nuggets with a salad. And if one day you didn't eat very well because you didn't have the time, the next day we balance that off with a salad or more vegetables, grilled vegetables, whatever it is. Because Cindy with two kids did not think about that. <laughs> and, and you know, we, we have this sort of misconception I think of perfection as a parent which by the way doesn't exist so if you're a new parent um, it's okay to go the direction of organic it's okay to make these changes but what I learned through all of this is I was putting a lot of pressure on myself for the right environment for the right toys for the right food and in the end it's not about right or wrong it's about what's what makes sense in the moment and it's okay to think that way and if somebody is buying organic food and you can't afford it or you just don't have access to it 
your kid will be fine. And I think that's important for us to remember as new parents because we want what's best for a child. And, and we could feel guilty that we can't offer them the wooden toys that we see online. And I've spoken about this several times on the podcast. It is not a wooden toy that'll make our child, <laughs> that'll help them learn all the cognitive skills that they need to learn as, as they grow. It is not about, about the cost of the toy or the quality of the toy. It's truly about the interactions that we have with them. That's where the importance is. So that is the post that inspired today's discussion. There are three things that I would like to discuss with you, my dear new parents, that are probably getting a lot of pressure from people around you, a lot of advice, mostly unsolicited, <laughs> that you're getting from family members and, you know, I want you, or friends even, but I want you to trust yourself. That's another thing that was really important you kind of start trusting everybody else's opinion and there's nothing wrong with that. You might have people in, in your environment, friends that have had kids before you and they've experienced those steps and you want some advice from them, that's fine. You might have family members that you trust and that's okay too. But if you feel overwhelmed, right? So it's becoming attuned to our needs. If you, you know, are, uh, you have a small baby that isn't sleeping and everybody's asking you, is your baby sleeping yet? That three-week-old baby, is it sleeping yet? And you're like, well, uh, no, uh, my baby's waking up every hour and I feel that perhaps I'm doing something wrong because everybody's asking me about sleep, which I don't get, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, sleep is not something we should be asking a new parent. It, the baby's probably not sleeping. Um, and, and we don't, the parent doesn't need to have this extra stress. And a baby sleeping doesn't make them cognitively better. It doesn't make them a better baby. It's just the differences between babies. So going back to this, trust yourself. Um, I think that if you are feeling overwhelmed by the fact that so many people are giving you different opinions and you don't know what to do, that it is okay and also very important that you trust your own instinct and you will learn as you go. Mistakes are important. I, I do this um, or I believe this as a mom. I believe this as a wife. I believe this as a friend and I believe this as a business owner. I will make mistakes and I actually embrace mistakes because they allow me to look at whether it's a relationship or a new part of the business that I developed or some project or whatever it is, it allows me to step back and look at it with a different lens and say, where did I go wrong and how can I get better at it? Same thing applies with our child. You try something, you, I don't know, put the diaper on a certain way and it explodes and there's baby poop all over the place. Well, odds are you learned that that's not how to do it, right? That didn't work. Reassess and, and recalculate and, and re-strategize or whatever it is and it will help our child. It's the same whether it's just about tying a diaper or, or you know putting a diaper on our child or their behavior. We might have some sort of um, schedule and when you step back, you realize, wow, this really isn't working for my family and I, and I need to reassess. It could be the sleeping schedule. It could be your child when they get older and they'll have, you know, a lot of tantrums at a certain part of the day. And you say, well, you know what? I think I should be introducing some calm down time around this time of the day. And that might help my child. So being open-minded and trusting yourself, both in um, what you're testing and trust the mistakes happening. It's okay to make mistakes. And 
you know, comparing ourselves to our neighbors and our friends and our family members that have done it a certain way and their child doesn't have tantrums, it's not really going to help us as parents. And that's just going to add a lot of the stress. So that is something that I wish I would have known as a new parent. Now, I'll focus on three things and I'm, I'm saying it out loud in case I forget. <laughs> um, the first one is also the importance of trusting yourself. Uh, no, sorry, the first one, I already said that. The first one is the importance of nurturing yourself. Um, we as parents, forget about that, um, new moms, new dads too. Um, and I want to talk about that. The second point is about simplifying our life. And the third one is the big picture. So let's for, let's focus first on nurturing yourself. And what does that mean? If you just had a new baby, Odds are every single moment, whether it's their sleeping moments, their moments where they're awake, that you are giving yourself to them. And and there's nothing wrong with that if you're okay. But if you feel that your mental health is shifting or you're crying a lot or you're questioning, you know, certain parts of your day or you don't feel that you're connected to your child as much as you would like to, like maybe your baby's a couple months or weeks old now and you were expecting a lot more you know, uh, oomph in, in the relationship and connection and, and enjoying, you know, um, nursing or not sleeping at night. I don't know who would enjoy that. <laughs> but, you know, maybe you thought you would enjoy it more and you feel like you're not. You have to be in tune with yourself and really take a moment to speak to somebody about it, to be honest with yourself about something that you're struggling with and, you know, speak to somebody about this, whether it's your partner um, and you might be embarrassed and, and sh ashamed if you feel that, you know, I should be happy because I have a healthy baby. And I've heard this so many times from parents where they don't want to talk about a feeling that they're having with a partner, with a friend, because everything is okay, right? In somebody else's eyes, everything is okay. But this is why when it comes to mental health, there should not be any of that. There is no shame in not feeling happy. Um, even when you have a new baby, you might have um, some, you know, imbalances, you might be experienced postpartum anxiety or depression. There was a mom I spoke to with once that um, was questioning how long it would take her to be able to sleep more. And Right off the bat, that sort of question is like, well, obviously it's going to take a while because your child is very small. I think it was about six or seven weeks old, but I questioned it first, right? Because if you've been following me for a while, you know that curiosity and compassion are what guide my life. Um, I asked her some questions and then I realized that she wasn't, it wasn't because the baby wasn't sleeping. She wasn't sleeping because she was watching the baby sleep and she was worried that something would happen to the baby. And that is a very different story. So she was most probably um, in a phase or, or experiencing postpartum anxiety and she could not bring herself to sleep. That kind of insomnia or sleep deprivation has, and it can have and will have an impact on your mental health, on your cognitive functioning. If this mom were driving around, she might not be able to react as quickly to a car coming or having to stop suddenly. This is very important. So we need to be in tuned or attuned, I guess, to ourselves and connected to ourselves, understanding what our needs are. Self-care, um, you know, it could be, you know, stepping out and, and taking a moment for yourself, going to the spa, whatever it is, I don't know. All these things they throw out online, it's fine if you need that. But the bigger picture of self-care has nothing to do with that because you could step out from your house and that moment feels good 
or it might not. I struggled with leaving my house um, for a very long time after my firstborn was was born. Um, my first child was born. I did not want to leave her side. I struggled with not being with her. Um, and that w- that that was part of my own issues that I only came to um, face after the birth of my second child. But it's important that we do kind of focus in on that and think about that part where nurturing ourselves means knowing what we need in that moment. And if we do need to step away because the baby's been crying or on us all day and we feel overly stimulated, um, you can step away. But the bigger picture is why are you feeling overstimulated, you know? Did something happen in your life, in your past? Or if you're having, you know, um, trouble connecting with your child, is it perhaps mental health? Do you need to address that and take care of that? Do you need to address um, the attachment relationship that you had with your parent, perhaps, or your parents? You know, perhaps that is a part of your own journey as a parent. I wish, and perhaps maybe one day this will become Kirsten Neuron, but I wish there were courses for parents who were expecting that would address certain things before the baby comes. Um, emotion regulation skills is one of them. How do you manage your emotions? Communicating with your partner and, and how do you express an emotion? How do you come down from that emotion? Do you externalize? Do you just yell at them? Or do you internalize? You keep everything in. That is not good for our mental health. Um, so we, de- we do need to address those when we're expecting a first child. How are you in terms of your inner voice, right? So we had spoken to the um, Ethan Cross, who's the author of the book called Chatter. If you haven't read it, it's amazing. We have an episode, a previous episode, that um, where we interviewed um, Ethan. And this inner voice that we have is very important. And that's going to lead to a baby crying and us either saying, okay, I got you. You know, it's okay. You're safe. I'm here for you. Or the inner voice could be, what am I doing wrong? What have I messed up? What does my baby need? I don't understand. I'm doing this all wrong. I knew I was going to be bad at this, right? So there are differences between the way we speak to ourselves in our mind. Um, and the latter will lead to um, perhaps, you know, a disconnect with our needs, our child's needs, and and so on. And there's, there's a bigger picture to that. That's really important. Um, so we do need to address our needs and our, not issues, but the challenges that we face. Because, you know, Kirsten at the beginning or Kirsten 1.0 was all about um, talking or discussing the research behind child development. I thought I had it all right. (laughs) Uh, I thought that, you know, Kirsten had to just offer parents the research behind child development. So let's talk about cognitive development. Let's talk about behavior and sharing and tantrums. Sure, if a parent has all those tools, they'll be fine. And that was the biggest mistake that I've ever made when I created Kirsten on, which I've learned now along the way. Um, even more important than you understanding your child is understanding yourself. And I think it was Brene Brown that had a quote about connection that we cannot connect or be connected to somebody else in our life, whether that's our partners, our friends, any relationship in our in our life, including our children. We cannot connect with them unless we are connected with ourselves. And let me tell you, that's a journey. <laughs> that's a really big journey. I really struggled with that part. I actually abandoned myself um, having my three kids I just thought that being a good parent meant that I had to give myself to them. And there was guilt around stepping out. 
there was guilt around asking for time away from them because what kind of a bad mom does that? Who who asks for time away from her kids? Um, that was my problem. That was my misconception that I had to work through through th- therapy, um, and and also lots of open discussions with my partner and and my, my husband Anthony. You know, in terms of saying I need this today, is is that okay? How can we manage? You know, a, a thirty minute walk for myself. And now my kids are three, five, and seven, and it's been two months that I've been walking. Um, not every day because sometimes it just doesn't work. Most of you know that my schedule is homeschooling during the day, um, all because of the pandemic. I ended up homeschooling, and um, which means that I work evenings and weekends. You know. And I just thought that there was there wasn't any time. Whatever downtime I would get, it was you know about catching up with work and client stuff, and and it wasn't about me. And I thought that was great because I was productive, right? Society thinks it's great for me to be productive, but it's not. I need time for myself. I need to step away. I need to go for that walk. And you know what? That walk at the beginning of the day changes my entire day. I am able to control my emotions much better those days than when I'm home and I feel overwhelmed by work, overwhelmed by the three kids having different needs and my needs are not met, I will most probably yell at them because I haven't nurtured myself that day. Um, So that's why I really think parents need to make sure that they understand that, that they don't have any guilt around that and that they understand the importance. The second point was simplifying your life. (laughs) I wish I would have known that before. You know, it had to do a lot with the meals like I was talking about. But toys, we tend to think that more is better, but in, in essence, more is less. Our child doesn't need all these toys and what they need is the connection. And I know it could be hard to understand sometimes and we might think that they really do need certain toys to develop very well. Um, but they don't. And I don't want to name companies. It's not about that. I, I love all the toys and it's not that we can't have them, um, but minimizing what's in their environment and trying to simplify our lives as they get older as well. Sometimes I think that as parents, we we believe that having a lot more planned or activities and piano lessons or music lessons and then a sport and whatever it is during the weekend, that that full weekend is what's going to help my child thrive as they get older. The more they do, the more they'll learn and the better they'll be. When in essence, having a lot of that downtime, that open-ended playtime where there's nothing planned for the next two hours and you're going to be bored, that's okay. Um, You know, we have to Uh, kind of accept boredom or embrace it actually. So having a lot of that downtime and time where you sit and connect with your child, put the phone away. It doesn't have to be three hours. It could be 10, 15 minutes where you sit with your child on the weekend and take time to connect. That is simplicity at its best. And it's what will help our child thrive. You're building that connection with your child. You are present. You don't have any activities to run to. You are calmer. It's it makes such a difference in your life as a parent, especially a new parent, and for your child. How does that translate also for a new parent, that simplicity of life? It has to do with saying no. <laughs> I know that's hard. Uh, I struggled a lot with this, especially as a new parent. You know, you might have people telling you, especially the first two weeks of, of, of the birth, after the birth of your child, that they want to come visit, that they're excited to meet the new baby, grandparents, aunts and uncles and friends. And I get that. That's important. 
but it always comes back to your needs, right? You and your partner, what do you guys need right now? And if you're struggling with breastfeeding or, or nursing and you want time to figure this out and be, you know, topless all day, then go for it. I asked our family members to give us two weeks. The two weeks after the birth of our, our three kids, we um, visited our family on the way home from the hospital. And so I, I wanted to make sure they saw the baby. And then that was it. For two weeks, we nested, I guess, stayed in our home. And we did lots of skin to skin. Skin to skin is another thing, you know, where sometimes that's the solution to our problem for our own mental health as parents. Um, by the way, both moms and dads benefit from doing skin to skin with their newborn. And it doesn't have to be one day. It could be two, three, three months if you want. Um Skin to skin time helps regulate all these systems, these physio physiological systems that we have, heart rate and breathing rate and our hormones. It helps the mom. It helps the dad connect to the child. There are studies that look at the amount of time a dad spends with their child and the more time they spend with their child, um, the more connected they are with their child. It's so important. And all of this connection and this time that we spend, you know, um, doing that skin to skin with our, our newborn baby, it's helping their brain develop. Now, I'm saying this being mindful that I told you that you are important. So if you are struggling with mental health and that skin to skin is making you feel uncomfortable or you can't do it, you could pass on your baby if you're a mom listening to this. Skin to skin with a dad is also important. Skin to skin with a grandpa, with, with a sibling, um, anybody that you can do that with because your needs are also important and you're trying to balance that with what your child needs so you can do that. But that skin to skin is super important. So but going back to that simplifying our lives, um, that is what we did. We did not we didn't want to have to think about having to run from house to house, different people's homes. I had a lot of anxiety around like passing my newborn to other people. I just wanted to keep her in my arms and that's okay. People will have comments. You know, uh, I remember my grandmother, I mean, my child was only three weeks old at that point when we started going around to different people's homes. And my grandmother was like, you know, I let my grandmother hold the baby, but then I always had my newborn in my arms or in a baby carrier. And my grandmother would say things like, that's such a spoiled baby. She's going to be super dependent on you. You're ruining her whole life. <laughs> and I smiled and nodded because it was an almost 90-year-old woman. <laughs> so what can I say to change her mind? Um, but when it was, you know, other family members that were a bit younger, I was very comfortable saying that this is what made me feel great. This is what helped my child. And I was okay with that. Um, you know, and giving them the research, obviously. But sometimes the research, they, you know, some people don't care. <laughs> so just to say that trying to simplify your life as much as you can, if you need prepared meals so that you don't have to worry about cooking because you have at that point, maybe a 13 month old who just started walking and they're walking all over the house and it's really stressing you out and you can't get food on the table, go for whatever meal is easiest for you. It doesn't matter if it's a bowl of cereal for you and your partner. You know, it, it just, we have to simplify our lives and that helps us spend more time connecting with ourselves and with our kids. The last point I wanted to bring up is the big picture. The reason why I want to talk about the big picture is because as a parent, we might worry about all the little things. You know, um, did I hold them too much? Did I, uh, is there, you know, I don't know, should I put the blanket on this way? Should I swaddle, swaddle that way? Um, 
Am I creating a secure attachment? Uh, is it okay if they cry and I have to go to the bathroom? Um, what if they're, I don't know, crying in the car seat while I'm trying to drive to the doctor's office? All the little things, but in the end, it isn't those little things that really matter. It's the big picture. Is the big picture you, um, you know, having nurtured yourself and you are okay and you're able to offer your child that comfort when they're crying most of the time. And I think there were some studies that looked at this and that most of the time or sort of often time percentage was around 30%. Um, so it's not that if there's that one moment where you yell at your child, um, not even that one moment, right? So even if you do it a couple times a day or a week, um, it's not about those moments that will not ruin your child. And we often worry about that as new parents. Am I ruining my child? Uh, my partner and I had a big fight, you know, in front of uh, a child. That might be a worry that you have. Did I ruin my child? Um, and it's not. It's the bigger picture. Are those arguments with your partner um, very violent? Are they very loud and aggressive in the tone? And are they happening every day? That is a different situation or story than if you are, um, you know, having uh, an argument every other week or whatever it is. So you really have to keep the big picture in mind. Is my child's behavior um, off all of a sudden? So did something change in their environment? But the little tiny little things that we do uh, whether it was organic or not organic, the little foods, the right crib, is it the right mattress, is it the right changing pad? As parents, I wish, or as a new parent, I wish that I would not have worried about those. Um, just a little side note, that's maybe interesting or weird, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, when we had our first child, we lived in a very small apartment. And I um, had asked people not to buy me a, ba a bassinet, uh, not to buy me a playpen, not to buy me, a, you know, like don't get all those big items, the, I don't know, the swing or whatever it's called. We had a very small little seat that we could put the baby in. Um, and that's all I had. I had a baby carrier, um, diapers. <laughs> um, I never got for myself, I never got like a breast pump or, um, all the equipment you need, no bottles. I didn't get any of that. So literally when my baby arrived, I had some diapers. Her room wasn't even ready because we had just moved into a new apartment. Um, the room was packed with boxes and she slept. We had set up her new crib, Ikea, <laughs> nothing fancy. We had set it up in our own room um, so that I was more comfortable having her close. We didn't have a bassinet, like I said, nothing nothing extra, no playpen uh, and just one little chair so that when I'm cooking, uh, when I was cooking, I can put her in this chair. I forget the name of the chair. It was a very slim a uh, chair that bounced ergonomically like with the baby didn't swing. And the reason why I'm telling you this is because again, as a new parent, we might think that a child needs all of those. And I ended up doing that. So the first, the reason why I had done that is because I didn't have space, but then I had a bit more space. I moved into a home after um, having my second child and now with my third child, but I continued that. I never got any of those things or that equipment that we apparently need as parents. Not that it, we don't, if you want it, fine. But if you're a parent listening to this and saying, I have a small apartment, what am I going to do if my child can't swing? Or what if, what am I going to do if I don't have that bassinet for the newborn? It's okay. <laughs> I hope that this information gives you a bit of peace of mind in terms of simplifying your life, in terms of thinking about the big picture, taking the time to connect with your child, um, and taking the time to connect with yourself. I hope 
that this information helped. Uh, if you are a new parent and you're expecting congratulations, if you just had a baby, um, it's, you know, a, a wonderful, complicated world. And it's okay to say things are hard. It's okay to to say that this day really sucked. <laughs> we have those moments uh, and it's, it's okay. The more comfortable we get as a society to express these and 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 express it without judgment um the more comfortable people will be to say like hi how are you well i'm not good today i'm actually having a a, a mentally difficult day uh, and and that'll become normal that's my sort of utopia where we talk more about our mental health and things that we're having challenges with rather than saying i'm fine everything's so good uh i've got it all under control because you know a lot of people don't and it's okay if you do have it all under control, but as a society, if we become okay with not being perfect or looking perfect, we'll be able to help each other a lot more and to be compassionate with each other. Um, and curious, curiosity and compassion are, are what I try my best to, to do. Even when I get those not so kind messages on Instagram, you'll notice I always start with curiosity and try to put myself in that person's shoes. And that is all for today. I hope you all have an amazing and lovely week. I will see you next week. Don't forget to rate the podcast on iTunes, rate it on five stars, leave a rating, uh, a review, sorry, and follow us on Instagram at curious underscore neuron. Bye.